0: In business, relationships matter. We all know this, right? If you wanna get a job, who you know matters. You want to build a partnership, who you know matters. But if this is the case, why is there no great software to manage this whole process? Well, there is as of now, it's called Primeflow. Primeflow helps you build a relationship-driven business and even allows you to build a whole agency around your network. With Primeflow, you're able to connect multiple parties like clients and partners. You're able to organize high-quality prospects at scale who could potentially be business partners in the future. And once people do business with each other that you've connected, you can then get your fee through Primeflow. In a world dominated by Excel and old CRMs, Products like PrimeFlow are a godsend. So thank you so much, PrimeFlow, for sponsoring this episode of Forward Thinking Founders. If you want to build a relationship-driven business and build an agency around your network, you need PrimeFlow. Go to PrimeFlow.com or just email me, Matt at MattSherman.com or DM me on Twitter if you want to skip the wait list and get access immediately. That's PrimeFlow.com or email me at Matt at MattSherman.com or DM me on Twitter, PrimeFlow.com. Build a relationship-driven business. All right, let's get into the episode. What is going on everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode All right, how's it going everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. We talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today I'm very excited to be talking to Siddarshan Schweiderin, who is the founder of Fion. Welcome to the show. How's it going?
1: Good. Thanks for having me, Matt. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty well. I'm extremely excited to talk to you, mainly because I've never interviewed someone in this category before of product. This is like a super, super needed world. Sorry, super needed product. Um, but like I, haven't seen it before, so I'm excited to talk to you about what you're working on. So, people that don't know what Fion is, can you kind of share what you're working on and what it is?
1: Yeah. So Fion's goal is simple. We're uh, here to stop buyers before they start, and you know, usually due to uncontrollable human circumstances, wildfires are going to happen that we can't stop. Our goal is to detect them earlier than anybody else and use our algorithms or we have a proprietary model to stop the fire from spreading.
0: So a couple questions, um, one like, ha- this is a very basic question. I don't know this market super well, so apologize, apologies for it. But how are you able to detect fires? Like, you don't have to give me your speech special sauce. Is it through satellites? Yeah. Is it through, like, drones? How, like, on a very high level, how are you even able to, like, get started with something like this?
1: Yeah, so uh, the first iteration of this, uh, of Fion was to use drones and uh, set up a network of, like, just physical cameras all across our like customer areas to see where fires were happening, but then uh, NASA provides a um, you know suite of like satellite information that you can access, and so we use that. We um, built our own algorithms to like train the to view, sort the images a little bit better, and um, yeah, now we have just we use satellite data.
0: So on like a basic level, let me know if this is right. So like you, I feel like the magic is in the algorithms and machine learning, but you ultimately have these images that are being taken. You're then like scanning them, I'm assuming with like something that looks like a fire. And that's when you, that's when you kind of like realize, oh shit, there's a fire. Let's do something about it. And if not on a high level, is that kind of how it works or, or slightly different?
1: We, we work with a bunch of different data partners to get that detection done. So it's not just any one thing nasa has its own software we um you know like so nasa will tell you oh there's a fire here but they only refresh every 12 hours so we use other partners to try to get that down to two to six hours of data time and um you know right now the industry standard is about three days they use what's known as human sentries uh, in fire sentry towers to manually detect fires the way the industry works is you're Matt Sherman, you live in Arizona, you walk outside and see half your city's on fire, you're calling 911, 20 other people call 911. They then go to their, you know, 911 then goes to their local fire department who will escalate that up to the local city or region or county and then that'll go to the state and then that might go national or the state might say, all right, cool, let's, uh, you know, allocate these people to go put this out. And it's basically just like a big, like, fight for resources right now.
0: I'd love to hear, um, to back up a little bit and hear a little bit about the origin story for Fion. When did you start it? Why did you decide to start it? And like kind of ha- how did it come into being?
1: Yeah, so I've uh, I've got an interesting story. Seven weeks ago, I was supposed to be a uh, junior at Clemson University and uh, now I, li- or eight weeks ago. And now I live in San Francisco running Fionn. Um, I started tweeting a lot and, you know, I built this community for Gen Z kids in tech. And along the way, like, you know, I realized I was, I'd started several companies before and gotten funding and stuff, but I would realized I wanted to be working on a company that was just very, um, you know, like going to actually have a material impact I, uh, on the world. I'd run a nonprofit before. And so I realized I didn't want to keep doing like push a weed brownie, push a button to get a weed brownie delivered to you type apps. Yay. $10 billion valuation, but that's not really net positive for the world. Um, and so, yeah, I started tweeting about why aren't we using drones to fight fires? Why are we, you know, sending in so many people, 24,000 firefighters got uh suffered damages in uh, uh, 2018, while fighting fires on the fire ground. And that just seems like in 2020, where, you know, Toyota's supposed to announce like a flying car in two years, right? Why do we still have people who going out there? And then I kept tweeting about it. And my team reached out to me. I've known these guys for you know, years at this point. And they'd been, turns out they'd been working on a fire spread prediction algorithm. So right now to predict, once you detect where a fire is, if you want to predict where it's going to go, that's not really a solution that's available on the market. Things like wind speed have just recently been, you know, like variable wind speed have just been added into like these algorithms and no one's really got any sort of tech that's commercially available. And so we decided, okay, we've got this knowledge moat, Let's see where we can take this algorithm and see if we can take it out of academia and put it into commercial use for enterprises, governments, you know, insurance companies, whatever it is. And so, basically, yeah, I just kept tweeting about it, and I built enough of a cachet that people came to me. We put together this kick-ass team, and then you know, one by one, I started getting my friends. Our CTO was formerly at Deloitte. Um, you know, our brand strategist, our head of brand strategy, was at Apple before. Worked at SoundCloud and all these other places, so we've got a pretty solid team from the data science side, from the technical side, from the business side, and so my job is mostly just to make sure we're continually driving the vision, make sure we're getting the best people on board, and make sure that we are, you know, doing sales and getting those clients.
0: I'm kind of curious when you um, got the, the the idea or knew that there was a problem you wanted to tackle. How did you learn about it? Like, I guess, how, how do you know what to do every day and every day that passes? Because you're only like eight, eight weeks in. You know, I'm like, I don't know, eight weeks into my startup too. Like, for, for, so I'm kind of, it's kind of the same boat. How do you know when you wake up tomorrow, what you're going to work on? And, and how does this change on a day-to-day basis? Or I guess, what's an average day for you? Yeah,
1: so this, is, this was actually a funny problem for me because I've never been in a situation where the tech is basically there and we just have to build a business around it. So for the first time, I was coming in to be like an operator almost, right? And they have been working on this tech for eight months. They have, you know, tested it, failed, tested it, failed. And so I was like, where, what do we need to do? Like, how do you take this from a academia to, you know, technology readiness level 10, like ready for business applications? So the first thing was, you know, not talking about business, not talking about commercial uses, but understanding the space. So I took about two weeks just to, you know, tweet at everybody in the fire space and be like, Hey, can we chat? Just call up fire departments, just call up researchers at, you know, different universities, like university of Washington and be like, Hey, what do you guys do? What is the space? How can I learn more? Um, you know, and it, it pays that two of our guys are also like researchers. So they were able to send over a lot of like academic papers and I didn't understand a lot of it, but I was able to like talk to people and really understand, okay, here's where the industry is. Here's the problem, right? Like identifying great, we have an algorithm that nobody else in the world has. It's quantifiably better than everything else on the market. But what is that what does that mean, right? Like what what do you how do you use that commercially? And so first thing was understanding the market and understanding the shortcomings. That's really where we identified uh, four key modes, right? It's basically that once once we talked to people and understood the problem, we understood that detection right now. There's not a lot of software being used, right? It's all like na- nobody, California is not working with NASA or, you know, they're all super disjointed and there's no like central governing governing body. And so we can help with the detection, the spread prediction. Nobody's doing that. We, we have that. That's our mode, right? So let's do that. Let's make sure that whatever is out there on the market is actually accurate. Let's tell fire departments what factors are going to cause those fires, where it's going to spread. Insurance companies want destruction estimation. This is where our money's really gonna come from is telling people, hey, fire's gonna spread here and here are your properties that are going to get affected. Right? Go deploy deploy your fire private firefighting force or whatever it is. Um and that's called destruction estimation. That doesn't exist for wildfires right now because the spread prediction isn't where it should be. And then finally, of course, uh my team has stopped letting me know stuff that they're thinking about until they know they can do it because I keep tweeting. But, um, they told me last week that, Hey, we started testing and looks like we can actually even detect locations that are going to be at risk for fires. And I was like, Oh wow. Okay. So for me, now that I understand that my job is mostly to, okay, do we have our pitch material ready for the fundraising is, you know, our content person pushing out, a bunch of content to like, you know, for content marketing purposes is our data science team. Are they still researching testing the algorithm? How can I, you know, last week I needed a million Google cloud credits, right? To do the testing. I tweeted about it and I got it. Um, So it's just a lot of like, where is the day-to-day needs for the rest of our team? Like, you know, on the technical side, like the user interface, you know, I have to find somebody once again on Twitter to go make the, you know, just the basic dashboard, the front end. And then I had to find someone to actually plug in like live data and see, Hey, like, is this actually, you know, is this going to work right. Where are the bugs, all this stuff. Then I, you know, go talk, get connected to like the Los Angeles fire department. And I ask them, Hey, what are, what problems do you guys have? How can, our, how do you foresee our tech being useful for you guys? You know, how can we build it specifically for your needs? And so it's still a lot of like very early on, like PMing stuff combined with uh, just, making myself useful to the rest of my team who are incredibly smart and then trying to figure out, you know, what do we need to be doing for fundraising? Do we even, you know, right now, the latest thing I realized is when we prove our tech works next week, uh, we're on track for like about the end of next week. Um, We basically just like that, that's all we really need. So I don't need to be focused on fundraising as much as I need to be focused on just getting letters of intent, and talking to people to understand the problem.
0: So you mentioned in there a couple of times, Twitter. Is that a new company that I haven't heard of? What What is it? <laughs> so Twitter, um, obviously we both know, you know, how, how powerful this can be it, it, socially and career wise um, and professionally. I'm curious for you, um, I'd love to hear a little bit of your, like, when did you realize Twitter was a, was a machine and you could use it to get a million or, you know, whatever cloud credits and like so much more, um, kind of what's your, been your journey and experience with Twitter when you first started using it to today and how did you realize it was such a great tool?
1: Yeah. So I've, uh, let's see, I've been trying to break into tech since I was 15 Um, and naturally I just, you know, you'd read one article or something like that. You'd see one young person doing something or, you know, and then all roads would just lead back to Twitter. And so I finally made a Twitter in about 2016 or finally got active on it. And for like basically three and a half, four years, nothing really happened. I, um, I was always watching people build their, like, I was always watching people like build their profile and I would always just see, you know. One day these people would be nobodies. The next day they'd, you know, have some product. And I watched my friend. He was 16 when he got accepted into Y Combinator. It happened almost overnight, right? Like he tweeted at um, Chris Saka. Chris Saka asked for a product on Shark Tank. He built it out, a CRM tool with his friend who was 14 at the time, I think.
0: is this the slick is this the slick oh yeah
1: dude they are legends that's hilarious and so like that's what i was like yeah i probably need to learn how to do this stuff but i wasn't really a builder at that time right so then i got to college i decided that and i'd grown up with no friends i decided that you know everybody wants to party so let's make let's democratize access to parties i built this thing called party talk with my friend carson um which was just really helpful for, you know, party promoters who wanted to list like, you know, basically Eventbrite with no transaction fees. I um, did a bunch of other stuff like that. My Snapchat ended up growing really big. So I like understood, okay, this is how you want to like market to people. And this is how you want to like push out content. And I was always pushing content out on Snapchat. And then when I started this community for Gen Z kids in tech called Gen Z Mafia in the middle of July this year, I finally had like, you know, I got a platform out the blue. And then I took that and I was like, okay, I know what to do. I've been watching people do this for five years now. I've been doing this on Snapchat. Let's take that and let's apply it to tech. And I, yeah, like I basically just, I think, played the game exactly how you're supposed to. Um, yeah, and uh, with that comes also a lot of the downside. But <laughs> it's, it's definitely better if you, uh, if you never have to get on Twitter. It's, I, I recommend that.
0: <laughs> but,
1: yeah. It's a it's a very good
0: tool. You mentioned their Gen Z mafia. Gen Z mafia is like one of the most legendary groups of people I've ever like seen collected in my life. Like honestly, like the amount of talent that's in that group is like insane. And the thing is, no one realizes it until you all build what you're gonna build. Like in like a like a gen, it's pretty much truly the Gen Z mafia. There's like the PayPal mafia. What is that? And like, how did you um. How'd you do it? Like, like, how'd you get the, the, such a smart group of people together? And like, what, um, what, what are your kind of expectations for Gen Z Mafia in the future?
1: Yeah. So, me, Emma Salinas, and Carson Pool—we're uh, like three people who like started. I guess. Um, we, we all, we're all from North Carolina, and so breaking into tech was quite literally a physical barrier and just so much more, and so. Carson, you know, came and was like, hey, we need, to, we need to make a community for kids in tech. Like, you know, this is, we, we've got some cachet now. Um, you know, I just come off like this big like press tour for my nonprofit that I started to help with COVID. And I was like, yeah, you know what, you're right. But nobody follows me on Twitter. And so then, you know, I was like, talk to Emma. And so Carson, I connected with Emma when he was in San Francisco. Um, and so she tweeted out, hey, looking you know, if you want to join a group chat for kids, Gen Z kids in tech, you know, hit me up. She got like 400 people. Mess. So we quickly had to go from Twitter DMs to like, just, all right, let's make a discord server, made a discord server. And then from there, two days later, so that wasn't like on a Saturday, on a Monday, uh, Bill Palti, the Twitter philanthropy guy, DMs one of our friends, Jay-Z, who I, who's like one of my best friends now, but I just met him on that server like two days before. He was like, Hey guys, um, you know, Bill Pulte just DM'd me. I'm like, you're, you're lying. <laughs> he's like, no. So I'm like, all right, tell him the council will deliberate if he can join or not. He's, he sends it to this man. I didn't know he was serious. Later on, we, we like tell Pulte, all right, go ahead, join if you're serious. He joins and he's like, how can I help? This, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> all right, we've got something on our hands. And then Sam Altman joined later that day. And then Mike Slana and Delian from Founders Fund. I was like, "All right, don't know why people want it, but this is something that's very real, got a lot of value. Let's make this happen." Um, and then very quickly, you know, by that point, it already had like 150 people in on the server, and you know, so Palti DM me was like, "Hey, how can I help?" So I was like, "All right, great. Uh, let's do a fireside chat." I, I didn't know what else to ask him. Really, I was like, "I was like, we just made this because, you know, there's power in numbers. There's power in networking, and in the middle of a pandemic, you can't really effectively network." And um, yeah, so he, he came on, he did a fireside chat, that got like 70 people. And I was like, okay, cool, maybe we should do this again. So next week, Emma scheduled uh, Mike Solana. And so then I did it with Mike, and this time a lot of people were like, yo, you did a really good job compared to last week. And I'm like, you know what, maybe I should keep doing this. And so then, like, I just, you know, we just kept getting more and more people. And it was like our way to, like, sort of, like, network and market, meet more, you know, VCs. And then they started cutting checks. And so then everybody else is like, oh, we should, we should come join this community. And so it was basically community building is just find a demographic that's got something in common, figure out what they need, and then get them value, right? And so where that, that's like how it started. Um, so where we're at right now is like we just push out products occasionally. That's how like a lot of people ended up like finding out about us. Like we've made eight or nine drops. A lot of our community members, you know, get funded, and then they'll come back to the community to hire, or they'll ask for help. You know, same thing as what I'm doing, right? Like, all of our team is from Gen Z Mafia. Um, and then from there, it's uh, now for the future. We're looking to, you know, try to provide as many resources as we can to these kids. Uh, you know, one thing we're trying to do is get raise, like, a fund of some sort. So that way, like, you know, they can get access to really top-level VCs and LPs who, like, can put them in touch with clients off the start and they can get talent directly from the server. It's over seventeen hundred people now. Um, and then yeah, it's we yeah. <laughs> We're basically just trying to like provide as many avenues as we can to help people break into tech and, you know, get successful as fast as possible. We're trying to use tech to like just remove the barriers to entry, basically.
0: Hey, I'm I'm all for that. As you know I live in Phoenix and I, I've also felt I felt the uh, the geographic barriers and what you're doing for um for gen z people that want to break into tech is like fantastic so going back to your 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 main gig um fion Mm -hmm. um tell me like i know you just started it but if you looked out um into the next five ten years like what could this look like Um, or i guess in other words what's your big vision for the company
1: right yeah so like i said the first thing we have the reason we started this is we had a knowledge mode very simply right like we there are not a whole lot of people that can build this machine learning model that our teams built and so we there's a lot of applications from that right the next step in vertically integrating all of firefighting and like risk fire wildfire risk management is to try to get some way to set the controlled fires so the way our process works is we detect a fires going to happen somewhere we let the authorities know they'll go set up a controlled fire and you know they'll do a controlled burn to get rid of the fuel for any potential fires um, our next step is we are talking to a couple friends. i can't name the company, but they're a well-known drone manufacturer that is looking to build firefighting drones or drones that can set controlled fires. So then all the fire department needs to do is go and set out the fire, which is really easy because of brush fire. And then step number three would be creating what's known as a tethered drone, which um, is like a drone with like a water pump and a nozzle for like shooting fire that's attached to a huge tank of water. Um, it's like a fire truck on wheels. And then that, um, you know, you send that out to the controlled burn place, it sets a fire, it puts the fire out, cool, fire's controlled. Um, and then from there, I think it's a very simple step of focusing more on like applying our spread prediction model for fires, retooling that for things like hurricanes, right? North Carolina was supposed to get hit by a category five storm. And instead, we got hit by a category three and the category five went straight to Richmond, Virginia, where I was quarantined. Right. Um, It's 2020. We spend billions of dollars a year and we still can't get spread prediction or like where a hurricane is going to go. Correct. Right. And so like we basically just want to once we sort of vertically integrate the fire management side of things, we want to like start spreading out into other natural disaster and recovery and prevention efforts. And we think that software is definitely the way to make that happen.
0: And then to, uh, to make that happen, you'll obviously need some help, right? You'll need customers, yes. investors, employees, all of that. And luckily you got all those potential people listening to this on the podcast. So for my uh, second last question for you is how can the uh, listeners help? Are you hiring? Are you fundraising? Are you looking for partners? How can we assist?
1: Yeah, so fundraising, I, don't, I, I think we're going to be oversubscribed. Uh, so right now we haven't actually officially started, but... Twitter DMs have just, yeah, um, also, I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to actually say we're fundraising right now, even if we were, yeah, so that's, I don't think that'll be a problem. Um, as far as hiring, since we have not raised, everything's for sweat equity. If you are a data scientist, if you're, you know, somebody with connections in fire departments or, you know, know any sort of sales, like we're looking for data scientists and enterprise salespeople, as well as fire consultants, to help us continue to drive the vision forward and make sure that we're a single tool that whether it's fire departments or enterprises can use to get all their fire needs done. And um, finally, we are looking to give away our software for free to fire departments, uh, especially right now in California, Oregon, Nevada, Colorado, where these wildfires are raging on. We are trying to um, you know stop those fires like from continuing to spread. And so you know there are no strings attached. We're just trying to you know, get our tech in the hands of people making stopping these fires. So if you know anybody there, uh, reach out, suds at bion.tech, S-U-D-S at F-I-O-N dot T-E-C-H. And um,
0: yeah, that'd be great. And final, final question. How can people get in touch one more time? What's the URL? Are you on social media? Um, can they email you? Just fi- final time. How can someone get in touch if, they, if they're interested?
1: Yeah, so our website is, Fion.tech, fio nt My email is suds, S-U-D-S, at fion.tech. And my Twitter is ITZ, S-U-D-S, it's Suds. Fion's Twitter is Tech C-O, so at fiontechco. Um, yeah, that's, that's basically our main channels for reaching out to people. All
0: yeah. right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Best of luck with what you're working on.
1: Yep. Thank you, Matt.